Good morning. It is Friday, July the 21st, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm J.D. Walt, and this is your wake-up call. Beginning today with consecration. But even before that, let me just say how thankful I am for the opportunity to spend these moments, probably for most of you in the morning, day in and day out. I really appreciate it, treasure the opportunity, and consider it one of the signal privileges of my life to get to comment, to share the Word of God and the Spirit of God in this morning meeting with God, with all of you. So. Thank you. Let's begin with consecration. Wake up, sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body as a living sacrifice to you. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is called, Why Our Relationships Are the Mission. And our text is Romans chapter 14, verses 19 to 23. Hear now the word of the Lord. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean. But it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. I began the conversation on Romans 14 with this bold declaration. Our relationships are the mission. I say this based on my reading of the whole Bible, most notably the New Testament, and particularly these words of our Lord Jesus Christ. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. 
That's John 17, 20 and 21. He is praying for two things here. Number one, for us to be in relationship with each other in the same way as he and the Father are in relationship with each other in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And number two, for our relationships to be anchored in and animated by the relationship between the Father and the Son in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Why is this so important to Jesus? He could not be any more clear. The faith of the unbelieving world depends on the relationships of the people within the believing church. Hence my declaration, our relationships are the mission. But why? One word, love. The Apostle John may have said it best, God is love. And those who live in love live in God and God in them. 1 John 4, 16. The most sovereign demonstration of the power of God is the love of God. And we need look no further than the cross. In the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we see the powerful, saving love of God on full display, issuing forth in the justice, mercy, grace, and peace of God. The church Jesus is building is an ever-unfolding, iconic revelation of these divine realities through the relationships of the people enfolded therein. If what people see in our relationships is a denial of what they read in the Bible, we effectively give them a reason to not believe. Hear Paul to the Ephesians on this point. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4, 1-3. The bond of peace is the strongest bond in the cosmos, and yet it is also quite fragile. It is as strong as the sovereign love of God, and yet it is as vulnerable as the brokenness of people. On the one hand, when it comes to the church Jesus is building, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And yet when the followers of Jesus engage in permissible behavior that causes one another to stumble in their faith, it can create a crisis of New Testament proportions. In first century Rome, it came down to what they were having for supper. From the first century to the 21st century, relational conflict within the church is a given. 
That's not the issue. It all comes down to how we handle one another in the midst of conflict. In many ways, the history of the church is a history of conflict. Sometimes, especially when it comes to non-essential matters, the conflicts can be worked out and communities can reconcile. At other times, when the issues are entwined with more essential concerns, reconciliation may not be possible. Reconciliation or not, the peace of Jesus Christ is always available in our relationships, and it is imperative we make every effort to avail ourselves of this very costly peace. Remember, our relationships are the mission, regardless of the outcome. Peace can be made in the wake of the worst irreconcilable differences. Depart throwing roses, never rocks. In the third stanza of the magisterial hymn, the church's one foundation, we get these words. Though with a scornful wonder, we see her sore oppressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up, how long? And soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Let's be clear. Our broken relationships within the church grieve the Holy Spirit, and it may compromise the witness of Jesus through his church, but it neither disrupts nor disturbs the unity of the triune God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ plays the long game. He has waited out many a hard-hearted bishop, suffered both necessary and needless schisms, made allowance for zealous fools, tolerated obstinate men and women, endured misguided heretics and absurd heresies, and allowed centuries to pass. Yet all the while, his truth is marching on. He may seem to lose a battle here and there, and even on our watch, but he will win the war. Indeed, he has already won. The Prayer Abba Father, thank you for your Son, Jesus, our Lord who is the Prince of Peace. Keep us near the cross, day by day, hour by hour. Impress on us by your Spirit the importance of our relationships inside of the church. Holy Spirit, would you fill us with the love of God for one another, the love that is full of mercy and grace that gives the benefit of the doubt, that forgives and makes peace even when it's hard. Too much is at stake. 
Make our relationships places of your revelation. Make our relationships places where your mission of winning the world is accomplished. Praying in Jesus' name, amen. And the question, are you understanding the point our relationships are the mission? Are there any broken relationships you have with people in the body of Christ which need mending? Will you begin to pray about the pathway to get there? In the hymn, today we will sing one of the great magisterial hymns. We've already alluded to it in the text. The church is one foundation. It's Hymn number 388 in our seedbed hymnal, Our Great Redeemer's Praise. And let's sing it in a spirit of both repentance and rejoicing. Hymn number 388. The church is one foundation, is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one o'er all the earth. Her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth. One holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food. And to one hope she presses with every grace endued. Though with a scornful wonder we see her sorrow pressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed. Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up how long. And soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore, till with the vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Yet she on earth hath union with God the three in one, and mystic sweet communion with those whose rest is one. O happy ones and holy, Lord, give us grace that we like them the meek and lowly on high may dwell with 
thee. Amen. Man, it's hard to beat the church's one foundation. What a hymn. Well, you know, I couldn't help but this week um, just really pray for the church. You know, we we get ourselves crossways um so often and we just can't work it out at times. And I think the Lord has compassion on us. And I think that there are those times when we must agree to disagree and press on. And other times we come to these places where we must agree to disagree and part ways. But you know, the bottom line, the real issue is do we, can we, will we love one another in the midst of it, despite it? This is the calling to love one another no matter what, come what may, going in different directions. That doesn't have to be the end of the road for relationship, and it certainly doesn't have to prohibit love. This is the miracle of grace. This is the mystery of mercy and the power of the cross right here. Can we love one another anyway? That's the question, and that would please the Lord. I'm going to call it a morning here. Lots more could be said. I'm going to send you out on the field now, sowing the love of God everywhere you go with everyone you meet. I'll see you on the field for The Awakening. I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend, leave us a rating, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall.